What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of The Big One Podcast. It's me, uh, your boy New Guy. And uh, what do you know? I look into this Discord window, and guess who it is? It's me, boy. Baby G, also here. Also very true. Uh, Wonderful. We've got all three of us here for y'all today. I mean, honestly, what else could you ask for? Uh, We're The Big One Podcast. Uh, if you don't know, we do NASCAR talking about. We do talking about Formula One, other racing. We did one on Formula E. I would say go back and listen to it. It was wait, did we even talk about Formula E? Yeah, no, we, we did. watched it. Absolutely. Okay, good. Yep. Go go back and listen to it. Uh, I probably should as well. If you want to tweet us, uh, go to uh, tweet us at Podcast Big One. If you want to email us, uh, we are podcastbigone at gmail.com. If you would like to email me specifically, uh, I just got this email address the other day. This is not a lie. I got endless breadsticks at thankgoodnessitisfridays.com. So if anyone needs to reach out to me, you can also do Applebee's sucks, X or CK. At thinkgoodnessisfridays.com. Okay, I'll finish the rest of the intro. Uh, what's our who's our sponsor this week? Um, well, it's uh, if it's COVID, it's Pax Lovid. Pax Lovid is our sponsor this week. Whoa, they've been sponsoring just about everything lately. You can't turn on a TV, a stream, or anything without seeing Pax Lovid, so the money is flowing out of Pax Lovid into our bank account. Does, does anyone know what they are? Are they, I think they're like a pill, right? They're like a pill treatment. It's some kind of pill related to COVID. Beyond yes, that, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably related to COVID. Uh, if it doesn't have a catchy jingle, I'm unaware. So yeah. I know what Burger King is. I'm familiar with the thing that's like, nothing is everything. But yeah, we know the jingle for that, but we don't know what the actual... Uh, bre- yeah. Bre- Brestry? Is that break? Brestry? I think it's like for skin conditions. That sounds right. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I feel like I'm getting into cancelable territory here. Yeah. So this, this was the second pharmaceutical sponsorship we've ever had. We once did the whoa. the sponsor that did. It was like Austin Dillon sponsor for a while, but we didn't know what that drug did either. Mm-mm. They just have money, guys. If y'all have money, we will we will say whatever we want us to say. Yeah, we're here to get paid by the sponsors. <laughs> we're not here to understand who the sponsors are or what the ramifications of said sponsors are. Exactly. exactly. I'm curious if COVID will ever sponsor us. You know, if there's money in it. Time will tell. Yeah. If it's money, it's Pax Lovid. All right. Speaking about money, we went to the clash this weekend, the clash at the Coliseum. Second time. Mm 2.0. Night race this time as well. Night race. Night race. Good improvement in my opinion. Overall thoughts. Overall thoughts before we get into the breakdown. Uh, pretty solid aside from the huge stretch where it was just one lap crash, one lap crash, mm-hmm. the I racing bad driver section. I was not nuts about, but the rest of it, dig it. You know, I had I a mean, good time just, watching it's it. Such a cool venue. Yeah. The setting itself was cool. I mean, the night race was a little bit of a different aspect this year. I liked kind of the build up during the day. You've got practice heats, LCQ, and then I think they took about an hour break or so came maybe it was two hours, came back with the main event, and it, it was a spectacle, just like last year, and the night race really improved it. Outside of the wreck fest that kind of happened midway through the race, it was just good short track racing. People were being aggressive, driving driving hard, bumping into each other. Basically anything you would expect from a short track. Kind of boring, like what we were looking at. Yeah, I think overall, like, my biggest complaints about it, I mean, besides, like, the the racing in the second half and those cautions, but, like, was the time like the time it takes between the races really it's just all i i don't really understand why it takes that long i know the teams don't need that long and i get like i like the ceremony of everything like i like the Wiz khalifa concert i really like the lighting of the torch at the halfway point i thought that was cool instead of just doing it right at the beginning um i don't like usc so i didn't necessarily like caleb williams out there but i did like the giant sword that he got um so yeah, <laughs> this is a big problem with all sports, not just 
NASCAR right mm-hmm. now. Anything you watch, it's like, let's get to the point. I've I've seen enough. Like, give me a little bit of the pomp and circumstance and the buildup. But at a certain point, I'm here for the sport. I'm not here for talking heads. I'm not here for seeing, like you said, Caleb Williams, a quarterback of a team that I absolutely hate now because USC is yeah. coming into the Big Ten. Like, yeah. let's focus on the event, do some stuff outside of it. But at a certain point, we don't need to drag this out for four hours. I think it's honestly just TV networks need anything that they can to fill air, and live sports is the one thing that draws people in right now. Mm-hmm. So they're just extending their coverage as long as they can before people just tap out and say, I've had enough. Yeah, it sucks for the people at the event, I think, the most. But from what I heard or what I had seen online, everyone that had been at the event really enjoyed it, like did not have those even those same complaints, which I was surprised about. But um Speaking about uh, kind of dragging things out, they, the practice and qualifying the day before. I forget. Did y'all get to watch that at all? Or uh, I caught bits no. and pieces. I didn't really spend a whole lot of time watching it, though. Gotcha. They they did basically three eight minute um, uh, practices and then broke the groups into groups of three as well. And so basically, they came in. They run eight minutes. Then the second group would come in. Third group would come in eight minutes apiece, and then repeat that three times. Um, so overall, like it gave them time to go and adjust the cars and, and make some improvements. Um, but again, the kind of like time of what, how long it took was kind of, kind of long. I found it interesting how chippy it was in practice. I mean, we, we had last year, we had a lot of guys wrecking in practice early in the season, if you remember, because the cars were just like hard to manage. This wasn't so much that as it was just like, I think just amped up energy from an off season, you know? Um, and the willingness to go in and just start racing these cars aggressively right off the bat was there because it couldn't be there last year because they had literally had very little seat time until they got to LA. So. Yeah, I wonder if just sort of knowing that these cars are more durable and you know they can survive bumps here and there a bit more than uh, previous cars makes them feel more comfortable mm-hmm. getting a little chippy during practice. Is it common at all for them to get... I don't watch a lot of... Uh, practice so i'm not familiar with like short race or short track practice yeah they, they i mean the, like is the this fact of the matter is that they, they can't really spread out that much i mean even breaking yeah. them into three groups there were guys that were trying to put down some hot laps to really like find out how good their car could be when they have to push it and then you'd run into a guy that's trying to like lean back and try and get some space between the guy in front of him and you know and that just kept happening and i think people were getting frustrated blaney was like one of the first people i saw hit a guy and it was in his first round of his first practice so i thought that was interesting um and then briscoe and and aj almondinger got tangled together where uh, briscoe kind of sent him a little bit or like kind of sent him up the track and then uh dinger got behind him and sent him off into the corner so much so that briscoe held the brakes and right front right into the wall um like sent him all the way up the track which uh was aggressive for practice um i think the big storyline though out of practice was the uh ty gibbs fire um, which was Oh, scary. what happened with that? Yeah, so basically what happened was they, uh, again, this is, this is from the reports that I saw, that they basically had mounted the uh, muffler in the exhaust system wrong, um, or loosely potentially, and because of that, it happened to heat up the styrofoam that they put, or, or whatever kind of material it is that they put in the door, and that caught fire. And basically, from the beginning of his first practice, they were showing in-car camera footage. And, you know, Fox, they're oblivious. They don't fucking notice anything. But you could <laughs> see that there was smoke in his car, like, a couple laps into the run. And you were wondering, like, what is that? Even he called it out on the radio and goes, like, something's wrong with the right front. Because I think he thought maybe he had a brake fire or something already, which would have been weird. These, this brake package can really... Or tire rub up. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something. So you could see the smoke coming in and out of his car and, you know, floating across the, the camera and get into the second one and the smoke is like really, really thick then. And then it goes from like a gray, you know, whitish smoke to just pure black. And that was when that, that styrofoam like caught fire. Ooh. And when that thing that caught fire, I mean, that is not a fire retardant substance, substance at all. It just really lit up and uh, yeah, filled that car with black smoke and can have Jeez. been good to, to breathe. He's a young guy. He'll be okay. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of people, you know, I, I'm going to complain a lot about NASCAR fans all, all podcast, but, um, basically a lot of people immediately angry about it. Rightfully so. There were a lot of mistakes last year. You know, the, the, 
the buildup from the brakes, the rubber that would get near the brakes and then catch fire, like that was a problem. That the same thing happened to Kevin Harvick, I think, last year, but it was a different cause. Um, you know, they went right to blaming NASCAR. How do you have a whole off season and not fix this? Well, NASCAR had just installed these mufflers. Like they just did this. They did like a little bit of a test with the mufflers, and that was all that they had. And so, like, I could even see giving them a bit of a break if it if it had happened. But it seems like it was more the team's fault that this happened. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a dangerous thing. But a lot of the fans too complain about the fact that like, why isn't the car sealed? Like, why? Why is the door of the car not got some kind of fire retardant substance in front of it that's going to keep the fire from getting to the driver? I get that argument. They do that for the from the like the the front of the car, like keep the engine compartment from combusting back to the driver. But if you could seal up the whole way around the car, means heat can't dissipate or leave the car either. And this has already like been a problem in the past with NASCAR is just like overheating and cooking your driver, right? So. Could could that also yeah. also be then if you've got all that sealant, then the car is just too strong? Like uh, we're we're seeing a lot of complaints about the hits are so hard with the new car already. I mean, the more sealant and the more stuff you put on there to keep it tight, like isn't that going to cause even harder hits or less crumple zones or something like that? I think it would be a very minimal add because I don't think what they're what they're adding is more of that like like that fire blanket material uh, it's like a little bit thicker but it's almost like an aluminum foil that they like oh yeah i know what this. you're talking about yeah yeah you, you your car has it like your your home car has it um it built into it but like yeah it's some of that so it, i don't think it really adds to like keeping the car from crushing in um someone suggested dumbly uh why can't they just remove the star from from the doors but like that's the point of it is for safety so like yeah, th- th- these are tight boxes that NASCAR has to fit in, and this is a car that is going to be a journey over like at least three to five seasons as they continue to, to, to find something, they fix it, and they find something, they fix it. I mean, it's something about maybe just working in the engineering realm that I have a lot more empathy for how to fix this stuff and that knowing that like you build iteratively, and even though you think you've thought of everything, you haven't. There's going to be a couple things that you've missed on, and it sucks. It really does. It, it like especially sucks when what you're building is going to, you know, jeopardize the safety of, of people that you really respect and don't want to jeopardize the safety of. But, um, you know, I think the overall change to get the new car is undisputably a good thing. And so it's, we're not turning back. We're not going back to the old car and just give it up. So, Yeah, I think, you know, there are issues with this new car, but I would say that overall NASCAR safety engineering is like, superb and mm-hmm. like top notch and yeah like they're they're i trust them to you know they understand what the goals are and there are going to be issues with new cars uh and they probably could address some things more quickly but yeah i mean overall you know you don't always know that problems exist until they show up and yeah, Basically, sure. what I'm trying to say is that they should cut the top of the car off and turn it into a convertible racing series. <laughs> All right, we'll get right on that and make it more like F1 and IndyCar. Hey yo, cool. Um, that's about it. I mean, qualifying went fine. Uh, nothing really surprising or, or, or cool there. Um, Brian Blaney spun out and on his first lap and then tried to go backwards, which I forget when they made Ooh. that a rule because it didn't used to be. Um, I remember Joe Nemechek did it and like got away with it one time. At, at, uh, it was a big track like Talladega or Daytona or something. Um, he like slowed down, turned around, went all the way to the backstretch, and then went again. Um, and yeah, so it's just not allowed. And Blaney should have known that. Um, but whatever, it was fun. Can't um, fault him for trying. Can't, yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at him. Yeah, it gave the crowd a bit of a show, right? Um, yeah, heat races, not too much to the heat races to be honest. I mean, there was a bit of beating and banging. Couple guys trying to get to transfer spots. Couple guys trying to stay in transfer spots, making some mistakes, um, overrunning a corner or something, and then giving up a spot, which which then made made them go to the last chance qualifier. But overall, the heat races I felt like were team overall. Yeah, not nothing really to note about the heats. At that point, a lot of the guys were in or in or thought they were in and kind of saving up for the main event. Yeah, for was sure. there anyone notable that didn't get into the main event? Uh, Brad Keselowski didn't. Uh, all of RFK oh, yeah. Racing didn't That's right. actually. Um, so Brad mm. and Chris Busher. Um, but then yeah, a lot of the folks that didn't make it, like JJ Yaley and stuff, they're they're basically expected. To Stenhouse, Lejoy, Harrison Burton. 
Oh yeah, Her- Harrison it. Burton was actually one that was in the last chance qualifier, was in a position to advance and overran the car and then knocked himself basically out. Um, and so you know that that happened in the last chance qualifier too. The Damn. the worst thing about <laughs> the last chance qualifier as I was watching the first one was that they were they were showing. Uh, a, a battle it was uh, Todd Gilliland and I forget who else and Todd had gotten sent oh and uh, Ty Dillon Ty Dillon sent Todd Dillon up the track um, uh, or Todd Gilliland up the track Todd Gilliland chased him back down got to his tail and then either it was it was Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch because they were in the bush or in the booth one of them said hey keep a camera on this battle and literally at right as they said that they went and now we're going back to back to or go into break and they went to commercial <laughs> and just totally Ugh. missed it and then when they came back todd gillen had passed ty dillon ty dillon was way behind him and we have no clue why did he knock him up the track nothing they didn't say anything they didn't show a replay nothing just kept moving that's crazy i don't understand how you like how you can keep on having those problems and also like keep getting keep your job yeah i want to i want to discount it because it's like the first race and you know it takes a couple races for them to really get in a groove but they did this all year last year and even through the truck playoffs too because they had coverage of the truck playoffs the whole way through just terrible i mean they i guess the other good sports producers are on other sports or something uh, or Fox is spending too much on having Kevin Harvick, who's now joining the booth, and Clint Boyer and, and Mike Joy, who Mike Joy, yeah, spent all the money in the world for him. Um, but they must be spending too much money on the announcers and just not have enough money for a good producer. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, yeah, it's very, it, you know, to contrast this against uh, F1, as I want to do, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting to see that, it, that there are a number of different um networks covering the races in slightly different ways here the the i think the only scenario in which that happens in f1 is at monaco i believe Mm. that the city of monaco takes care of uh all the cameras and Mm. figuring out the the feed and you know switching between the cameras doing all the direction and it usually ends up being that monaco has like some of the worst camera coverage and Mm. like missing some of the most action which if you're going to do it at some race that's the one to do it. The one where you like you never pass each other. Monaco is also I like even if they even if uh, also it makes sense that the city controls that because it's a city race and it's like hard to put cameras in like residential areas and <laughs> and you know yeah, be able to cover that's this. True. But also it's hard to get good camera angles at a track like that, right? Like you're not going to get really good sweeping shots of of multiple sections of the track with one camera. So you really have to kind of pick and choose where you have it. So I've always excused the fact that they don't, they're not perfect on that. Um, But, but yeah, uh, that Fox has zero excuses. These are wide open tracks (laughs) that, that they clearly have enough cameras to cover. Um, They're just really bad at it. So we talked about this last season a little bit where just every Fox race is just garbage with the coverage. And then you get to NBC and it's like, wow, we're seeing every pass. We're seeing every spin. We're seeing every, thing that happens on pit road so fox yeah. has got to start spending some money on this production because it's it's bad and people are talking about it yeah, you know 90, we're talking about it at the clash and it's a short track right how, how yeah, are you missing stuff here the, yeah exactly it's like the first track um or first race of the year but uh, yeah i i mean i'm i'm excited to see what will happen with the tv deal i mean there's been some back and forth and we're not going to really report on on the, the hearsay that you get out of this but like right now there is speculation that like amazon might be interested in getting um you know prime video uh, involved in covering some of the races i really hope that espn puts in a bid because they do a good job with f1 coverage um from from our side so like or from the u.s side so like uh i'd really like to see espn get in there um but anyone but fox but fox is also rumored to want to stay so what about the results for how ESPN covers it? Because I believe that they just use the Sky F1 feed. Yeah, that's that's possible. I as I was saying, I was like, they probably don't pro, they don't do anything to like actually yeah. do the coverage, but they do but offer I would it commercial also, free. I would, so that part I would dig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the commercial free, even on like Formula E when we were watching it two weeks ago. It's so nice. Not a single commercial the whole race, and sometimes I'm not a big F1 guy, but sometimes on a Sunday morning, if I'm just kind of bumming around, and it's like, eh, there's nothing else on. I'll put Formula One on. You know you're not going to be seeing commercials every mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a good time. The The best thing that Fox has going for it is the fact that they have the two Fox Sports uh, networks. 
Now, I will say when they started practice, you know, all this hype about the NASCAR season, all these people wanting to watch as soon as something comes on, even if it is practice, and it's supposed to be on FS1 at a certain time, you go to the channel and they're bowling. And they're like, oh, we gotta, you got to go to FS2 if you want to catch NASCAR. And I get that it's practice, and I get that, like, NASCAR generally runs over its slot and is generally the one, like, like handicapping another sport. But, like, man, it sucked to, to be bumped for bowling for a couple minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> I say that knowing that Baby G is a big bowling fan. Get wrecked um, bowling. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, last chance qualifier, second one. Um, I, to be honest, I, like, missed a lot of it. <laughs> I was just yeah, trying to come I, home and, yeah, missed it. I didn't see it. Yeah. So um, sorry, fans. Yeah, I know Chase Elliott ran away with it and and advanced, and that was about all I needed to know. I was kind of hoping he went in advance, and then because like I think the Venn diagram of people who don't like the LA Clash and Chase Elliott fans is just a circle. Um, mm. And so mm-hmm. I think it would have mm-hmm. been funny to have him miss it and have them have them, even more reasons to hate the 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 that would have been Coliseum race. But Ugh. speaking of the race, um, first half was really good. Yeah, it was solid. Just real good short track racing all the way through. Like somehow that track just ends up being real good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a bull ring, right? I uh, like people were clamoring for NASCAR to bring in all these short tracks, right? Mm-hmm. Now this is smaller than than most short tracks, but it's closer to what your local track is. And and people were literally pointing at videos of Bowman Gray crash fests and guys repaying the favor and, and getting back at someone else at Bowman Gray. They were po- reposting them on Twitter every week saying like, why can't NASCAR do this? That's what NASCAR yeah. did. <laughs> they gave them that, right? And they gave them the shit that can happen with that, which is basically what happened in the second half of this race, which is yeah. just, just a lot of wrecks. The, just a mess. What a way to start off. I think you were saying this, but like that is an insane way to start off the season. And just like before any points get given out, just ha- everyone is pissed. Everyone's mad at everyone. Yeah. I, I like, I'm sure there's going to be some drivers that take it as like, this was an exhibition event and like, I'm willing to forgive everyone else because I was giving as much as I was getting for the most part. Like the, the Bubba and Dylan thing. I think they both moved out of that. Like if I was in the other person's shoes, I would have done the same thing and we're like not mad at each other. But yeah, basically if you weren't one of those cars like Martin Truex that, that like stayed out towards the front, the whole race, you were in a shit pile hitting people, getting hit every lap, being mad at everyone else. There were a lot of chain reaction wrecks where, you know, they stacked up at the bottom and the guy that was in the front happened to knock someone around. Mm -hmm. And I remember Blaney on the radio was like, was that the fucking 45? And it was like, it wasn't the 45. It wasn't even the guy behind him or the guy behind that. It was the fourth guy in line that overshot the corner and took you out. Sorry, bro. It was just Um, a massive accordion. Unfortunately, Blaney was the one that was up at front and he just got dumped. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, and that's the type of thing that it's almost impossible to fault like any of the drivers yeah. for. That's just racing. Because even if you're four, like, if you're four or five cars behind, like, you don't know nearly as well where that braking spot is. Oh, for like, sure. Because you don't get the chance to practice during practice being the fourth in line and figuring out where to brake and keep up with people. Well, and for any, any yeah, fan at home, sense. just like get into well, traffic in, in your normal car and like watch what happens. Watch when the guy in front of you accelerates to start going again, you accelerate slightly after them. So then you try and compensate by accelerating more to get caught back up again to which then they hit the brakes and then you have to brake harder than they did because mm-hmm. they broke first. Right. I'll tell and, you what. And, and it's just, and it, there's no good way to do it. Everyone has to back up their corner slightly more than the person in front of them. And at a certain point that's like, I'm coming out of the corner and I already have to brace myself for the next corner, which is, yeah. uh, which is tough at a short track. If so. I had a dollar for every time I spun out a car, three or four cars ahead of me in traffic, uh, I could pay for all those damages at least. <laughs> you know, that'd be nice. One dollar per damage. Uh, don't think about it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we can talk about the musical performances in a second, but on the topic of wrecking, I think this suggestion that you made, Brian, uh, is very good, which is at the halfway break, just get rid of the back nine cars. Yeah. Get them out of there. I think that I think that works. I mean, I, I saw a lot of suggestions online, so I'm, I'm stealing a lot of these. But, like, 
people saying count the laps until you get to the final 30 laps or 20 laps or something like that that works a little bit too it doesn't mean you get less cautions it just means that uh or i mean i guess, I guess it means you get less overall but it doesn't mean that you get like speedier action because they would still go back to green and wreck immediately right but um that, that works the the idea also of of I have this, this would be really hard to police. You would need more of like an F1 steward type system. But like, if you're involved in two or three wrecks, you should be removed. Like if you are causing wrecks or, or like cutting down on someone's nose, they would have to, again, use stewards to figure out like who is causing them. But if, if you're like out there, like a wrecking ball, you should get removed from an exhibition event. You're making it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's guys way in the back of the field too, that are just wrecking for wrecking sake not really a factor in the top 10 or top 15 even like just 27 cars was too many on this track if you once we're one or two laps in after the restart you've got cars just all the way around the whole track and obviously the guys are battling hard and you can't blame them for that but at a certain point when you've got let's say number 22 wrecking with the number 21 it's like what are we doing here we've got to keep this thing moving yeah. yeah. The, the other thing I thought of, which which would be interesting, is just like for the whole second half of the event. I mean, I still like of eliminating some people at the halfway point, but for the second half of the event, for every caution that there is, they eliminate the person at the back. And Ooh, so yeah. even if you like weren't that. if you weren't the person, if you just got spun, it won't be you. It'll be whoever was in last when you did get spun. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just I elimination like style. There's a uh, like an Olympic cycling event. I think there are a few different events where, yeah, you have a bunch of people racing. Each lap, the last person gets knocked out, and that's pretty fun. I mean, it's harder to execute in racing, so I like this idea of every caution just take out the last place person. Yeah, the thing is, is like if you have to take uh, people then it out. it starts to maybe start incentivizing cautions for some people. I don't know. I don't know. I, it was harder. I, I, I won't think too hard about it. I, I like the idea. I don't want to think too hard. Only about it. only Kyle Busch really came back into this event. Like everyone else, I guess Ryan Blaney sort of did. He got back to the top ten before he got spun again. But like for the most part, if you got knocked out from the front, you stayed in the back. Like you didn't come forward. Um, yeah. So it was it was tough. Um, speaking of, so Kyle Busch finishes third. It looked like he he got himself to second, and then he gave the position to his now teammate Austin Dillon who seemed to have a slightly better car. Um, but either way, Martin Truex had ran away with it at that point, and, and Truex gets the win, in, which I think we were talking about this, and I did not try and confirm it, but, like, this might be Truex's last season, or maybe he's got two left. Who knows? Oh, interesting. How old is Truex? Um, I don't know. I Early 40s? 40s? Late 30s? Yeah, let's see. I think there were some uh, other pretty guess, some pretty impressive performances for some other drivers as well. While you guys are looking that up, Bubba Wallace, he led 40 laps, ultimately mm-hmm. ended up finishing 22nd, kind of heartbreaking for Bubba. We in so many laps, driving so well, and then ended up in the back. And then Ryan Priest, 43 laps read in his debut for Stuart Haas, which is pretty cool. He ended up dropping back to 7th, um, sounded like an electrical problem or something, so he had a really strong car. Extremely impressive um leading 43 laps most out of any driver in his debut so shout out to ryan priest hell of a drive in his oh, hell yeah. well, debut race so for those guys it's his debut with that team yeah like with the team did, he did race cup yeah two years ago he he was not in cup last season so um yeah I'm, I, yeah we I, talked I, about I that i think on the off-season episode that he was uh promoted up this year and i can't remember who went down because of it um custer custer cold, yeah that's right cold custer um yeah uh yeah those are great call outs um you know, I was watching uh, Redick, and, uh, you know, I have this thing in my brain about, like, the 23-11 team versus the RCR team and, like, who's going to perform better. So RCR definitely gets the nod in the in the first event, but it looks like both those teams might be pretty strong this year. It's hard. You can't really call the clash as, like, a good indicator for how the season's going to go, but at least, uh, at least both those teams perform very well. Yeah, let's Thoughts on the here. musical performance from you yeah. guys? Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, Cypress Hill, like, I swear I couldn't hear them very well. It didn't seem like the, the coverage ever, the coverage was always, like, cutting in or out away from them and not, like, just giving them the performance to watch mm. from my pr- perspective. But Wiz Khalifa was great. I thought it was awesome. I forgot how many hits Wiz Khalifa had. Like, you, I kind of remember he had Black and Yellow, We Dumb Boys, but then it's like mm. every other song, it's like, oh, yeah, we used to play these back at uh, college parties back in the day. So it's kind mm. of a throwback for me. 
One thing I will say is the fans in the crowd that they were cutting to definitely were into it. I don't know if that was just choice sections that were the USC, UCLA students liking it, but uh, people that they were showing all up in that area on the um, far side of the track where the kind of the field goal post would be for a football field for some perspective, they were looking to have a pretty good time and enjoying it in person. For sure. Yeah, I think I said this during the race, but I I really, really dig that NASCAR is just broadening the horizons of the the people that they're trying to make races appeal to. Yeah. I and saw... there's something just so like fundamentally cool about a musical performance at a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were uh, there were uh two Jeff Gluck tweets that kind of like gave me a lot of perspective on how successful this was, right? Like and you can measure success in a number of different ways for this event, but um one of the one of the ways is uh that he said he took like uh, just a simple like clicker and was clicking off how many fans passed him while he was standing in a certain spot, how many fans passed him wearing NASCAR gear versus not wearing NASCAR gear, and that, like, it was over 60% did not have anything NASCAR-related on, like, any apparel, which really means that, like, 60% went to an event. They didn't go to a NASCAR race because they're a NASCAR fan. They went to an event to check it out and possibly walked away a NASCAR fan, which is, that's it. That's, That's the reason they do it in L.A., right? Um, they could go to Concord, North Carolina, and build a track there uh, somewhere and get 90% of the people wearing NASCAR apparel. But that's not the point. Yeah, I think it was super successful. I'm really excited to see uh, how the Chicago race goes, considering how well this one went. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah, any, um, last, any last thoughts on the clash, or are we ready to move shit. on to some storylines? That's what I was going to ask. Goof God, right dude, along, baby, yeah, jabronis. Um, some so so some storylines uh, from the week. One of them um, as early as today. Uh, Todd Gilliland is told that he will not get a full season in the 38 front row motorsports car, um, and that Zane Smith uh, is going to be racing in that car to get some experience. Um, front row motorsports did pretty well in the clash with McDowell and 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 um, and Todd Gilliland. I think Todd is is a pretty good driver but zane smith's that like up and comer that could be really fucking good and so like this is overall the right move it sucks for todd who's like i was gonna be able to compete for a rookie of the year or you know a championship technically um and now basically is not going to so and it sucks to be told that like a week or so out from the season really starting so yeah that is unfortunate news i wonder what the decision-making process behind that was to have it be delayed so long yeah i think like part of it's probably sponsorship right like like if, right. if the that sponsors said they were going to go with todd all year then you have to get them to agree to do zane or or to agree to basically be sponsoring a guy that will no longer run for a championship right in in yeah. todd and that that's a big part of it and but the other part of it too is like there was probably some talks with Zane. Um, it's you know, it's like you should do at work where if you think you're performing really well, you should be asking about a promotion. I bet Zane was like, "When can I get some cup experience? Like, I want to go somewhere. Yeah. And if you want to entice a nice or a really good young driver to your team, you make space for them whenever that happens. Whenever that conversation comes up, regardless of how bad it might make it for your current driver." So. Zane Smith getting yeah. some pretty pre- premier races as well. I'll just give you the quick rundown: Daytona, Phoenix one, Dega one, Sonoma. Texas, Charlotte Road, and then um, I believe the last one, Coke 600. So, wow, that's some a pretty mixture of pretty races. prime time races. Some, you know, obviously got Sonoma Road Road Course, Charlotte Road Course, and then some pretty premier that events feels as well. Like he chose those events. Like he, it, chose it has to be right because yeah. those are those are what I'm looking at the schedule. Other than Texas, I'm like those yeah. are the races that you would really want to get in and test yourself on. Yeah, you would. Sure. Wow. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him because he's again, he is one of those those young drivers that looks really, really good, and he is an example of a driver that you know the really, really young guys start in truck, and do they need to go to Xfinity? Is it is isn't is a question, and Zane Smith potentially not needing that Xfinity experience or just race in a car that's so different from the Cup car for three years. Like, how much does it actually help you? Zane Smith going straight into Cup potentially would would partially answer that question so or at least give a data point towards it right what else what else happened another big one this is bizarre kyle bush apparently accidentally 
brought a 38 caliber handgun with hollow point bullets uh, to Mexico with him. So got detained at the airport. Some reports that he could have been um, put in jail for up to three and a half years, but only ended up with an $1,100 fine, 37,000 pesos. So that what is... You with the conversion. <laughs> we, that our fans is, needed to know the pesos. That is just <laughs> bizarre to me that you would just like... Get on a plane and oops, there's a 38 caliber. And then oops, I also have a magazine with hollow point bullets in it. I'm I'm not a gun guy, but it, yeah, the you think you would kind of check your bags so quick weird. before you go to make sure you don't get any handguns in there, especially with uh, live rounds as well. Yeah, the ho- the hollow point thing is definitely super weird. So uh, here's where I'm gonna give a couple excuses on Kyle Bush's favor here because one, I've done this not with a gun but with knives before. Um, mostly because I always forget what's in my camping supplies and I don't check every pocket. Um, and I've done it again, multiple times. Um, so I can kind of see that. And then two, when you're going to like Mexico or Canada or something that's like, yeah, he was flying and he should definitely be checking it if he's flying. Um, but he flew his private jet. And so like, I can understand where you're like, most of the time I don't check my bag for this. Or I, if I even, if I see it and I'm having a hectic day, I don't think twice about it. Like, I get where everyone from a secondary stance can be like, it's another country. Of course you have to do it, but I can see where that might have slipped his mind. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is remember that Kyle Bush with his son was at the mall of America when they had their shooting. Right. And that he fled from that scene. And I can see where since that point, he possibly has been carrying this around. Yeah. Um, It's just hypersensitive to having protection on him. Yeah, and I, and I get that, too. Um, it kind of comes with the, the territory of our sport in a way, but um, I, I have my own gun stances. Uh, but, like, I think there are enough reasons here that I can understand the situation that he was in. I'm glad he's not going to have to be in jail for three and a half years. Um, I think they call that a suspended jail sentence, right? That, like, as long as he doesn't do anything wrong in Mexico in the next three and a half years, he won't have to serve that sentence um, or some probationary period. Uh, yeah. so you should just I, not go to Mexico. I have thoughts on this that uh differ heavily from yours, Brian. <laughs> Good. Uh, you know, uh I think that this is uh horrible gun safety. Uh you know, I'm curious what the gun like what sort of container the gun was in. It should be like if you're traveling like this, it should be locked away. Yep. Interestingly, I do think that the hollow points, that part, I mean, it's a little that bit weird, weird. But for me, it's not that weird because, like, if you're bringing a gun for protection, he also said that he has a concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're bringing a gun for protection, like, don't, I can understand not wanting to have a half measure. Um, and I can understand, like, yeah, you want to stop someone who's trying to hurt you or your family. But I think, like, especially if... I have a concealed carry permit is an excuse. Like if you have a concealed carry permit, you should be really responsible with your guns. And the other excuse of I accidentally forgot it. Like, holy shit, you're supposed to be responsible with your guns. Like I'm with you. I, 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 uh, as a certified, uh, riflery instructor by the civilian marksmanship program, uh, like, Gun safety to me isn't super hard and like guns are fucking serious and like especially if you're traveling to another country yeah people have to uh, I just to me it's it's really guns should be treated really really seriously by people and I don't think that he deserves more of a penalty than this but uh if it were if I were the dictator of America I would take away his concealed carry permit yeah, I could anyway, I, I could see that me. that might be a, a reasonable uh, punishment as well. Um, and and by I the way, I huge wedgie as well. I was giving excuses to the reason that he might have forgotten about it. I don't think it's acceptable. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think it's acceptable to have done this. And I think like when when I first read about it, my first reaction was a little bit of an anger, like an anger thing, like where I was just like, "How could you? Like, what are you doing?" And then I started thinking about excuses as to why maybe he forgot. But overall, he has young kids at home. And so, like, if you're forgetting about where your gun is, oh boy, not that's, good. Yeah, that's scary. Not good. So, not good, yeah. bro. But um, um, okay. Well, let's keep talking about uh, <laughs> Kyle Bush. Any of y'all watched his documentary? <laughs> yeah, and it's really good. <laughs> let's let's uh, 
pop the guy up a little bit here. Uh, yeah, the Rowdy documentary is really good, and everyone should check it out. Um, it's on Freebie, which I had never heard of before, but apparently, like, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it on also Prime. Also Amazon Prime, yep. Yep, so um, go check it out there. I've not had it's, a chance to watch incredible. it myself yet, but I will plan to watch it this upcoming weekend. Uh, I don't know about you, new guy, if you've seen it yet. I have not seen it, no. Well, should we, should we shoot to try to watch it between now and the next episode? We could do a little mini-review. Drop yeah, some uh, star uh, ratings on this bad boy. Yeah, yeah. How many yeah, cans of Rowdy? One out of five. Whoa. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Give it a, pre-watching out of three cans, just based on initial reactions from B-Boy. Yeah, I'll say I'll say that this was like this is again the complete opposite of what we were just talking about Kyle Busch for, but like it gave me a lot of the reasons as to why even though Kyle Busch is not my favorite driver, that I really respect him. And to be honest, like, well. New guy, you and I have had two interactions with Kyle Busch, I think. Um, but, like, overall, I think I've seen or talked to Kyle Busch, like, at least ten times. And he's always been super cool. Like, I always think he's really cool. Like, he gives off, like, a very prickly demeanor, and they go into that a lot in the documentary for a lot of reasons. Um, but overall, like, the guy gives it, like, 110% to being a really good NASCAR driver and is potentially one of the best ever. Um, yeah. or is one of the best ever, potentially the best ever. So, Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, I I treasure the moment in which I met him. <laughs> My very brief. Was it just the Rowdy picture, Energy one? I think it was just having a picture taken with him. It was funny because what, we went into that. What do you think the that, other one was? We went into that 7-Eleven and we saw Samantha and didn't even know that Kyle Busch was out there. Remember? <sighs> yeah, that yeah. was awesome. But also, like, B-Boy's like... I'm pretty sure that's Samantha Bush. I'm like, who you're like Kyle Bush's wife. I'm like, no shit. Like, and then we go outside and there's like a tent and Kyle Bush is just chilling there, like taking photos with people with rowdy energy. Yeah. Most random really thing ever. Fun. I don't even remember why we went to that 7-Eleven. We like, ice. We went yeah, to we just ice. needed ice for the cooler, right? <laughs> yeah. That ended, up getting, ended up getting free rowdies out of it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That was yeah. great. I think I guess the other one that maybe I'm thinking of is just because we happen to be at, uh, at, well, both of his championships, right? Um, or I was at both. You were at one. Um, yeah. And uh, I know the one that was before the day, uh, the the Jeff Gordon's last race in Homestead. I had I had pit passes, and I actually got to talk to him and wish him good luck. And nice. then he won his first championship. So, uh-huh. just like we willed Austin Dillon to his first Daytona 500 and Coke 600 wins, uh, I will. That's true. Kyle to That's his true. You're welcome, world. They'll talk about me in the documentary. You'll see it. Yeah. The, the yeah. funny thing is he. Kyle did let us take a picture, even though uh, B Boy had the DoorDash jersey on. I did, I did. Well, you know, at that time it was it was Toyota to Toyota. It's not like it was. It's not like he's sponsored by Uber Eats or anything. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, jump into some race predictions. We're about a week and a half out, but only a week out of uh, Speed Weeks starting. Um, Daytona, the best place to start a season in any sport. Period. Um, does anyone disagree? Everyone agrees. I love it, man. Um, you see, yeah. see the palm trees, Daytona itself. The track is just beautiful, impressive. I think it's great that they start the season with one of your one of your best tracks, your premier track, and usually it's a yeah. pretty good, pretty good race. Last year yeah. was a really good race. Every every time I've been, it's just like it is an overwhelmingly incredible spectacle. It's we talked about it a little bit last so week, cool. too, with some of the, uh, I guess, non-conventional drivers, Travis Pastrana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll I'm kind of blanking on a couple of the other ones, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked about the lineup this year. It was like when they were announcing some of the guys that were in, and it's like, can I get down there for this 500 again this year? <laughs> yeah, sneak away. It's uh, it's very tempting. I it's live tempting. on the other side of the country now, so it's like a, it's a lot tougher um, now. I have to make it every other year now, um, but... But yeah, it's uh, I just I everything about it's so great. I mean, um, I'm I'm glad that like everyone's a little pissed off at each other before they end up having to work with total strangers to try and win a, a prestige event that they win all their careers. You know, I think there's just something really special in that, and that and like just winning it can lift a person's season, and it's such a random wild card kind of race to be able to win that like someone like Trevor Bain can win in only his what second or fourth attempt, I forget what that was for him, um, at twenty one years old. You know, like that's the kind of thing that can happen and it can, can completely change the trajectory of your career. 
uh, inevitably Denny Hamlin will just win again. Um, and so <laughs> it won't be as good. But, um, Watch Logano win. Yeah, Logano. This yeah, is tradition. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, let's go over some start times because we have a full speed weeks here. So it looks like Tuesday there are two drawings for the qualifying lineup. Not super ex- exciting, but that's for Xfinity and Cup. On Wednesday... Um, it's media day, and so um, they've got our uh, kind of like garage hours and stuff like that. And then they have the Bushlight pole qualifying for the Cup Series at 8.15. All the times that I give are going to be Eastern time, even though Eastern time is not the best time. Um, Thursday, we've got a random drawing for a truck at 4. Um, we've got practices for Arkham Menards, Craftsman. Arkham Menards, that's going to be, um, uh, what's his name's first race? Uh, Frankie, Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz. Muniz. Nice. So definitely want to check out the Menards race, but they've got their practice then. Um, driver intros then for the Cup bl- uh, Blue Green Vacations duels. Because remember, they do qualifying races for this race. Uh, is at six thirty-five. So the races are at seven and eight forty-five, or really it's like seven and then forty-five minutes after the other one ends. Um, that's it for Thursday. Friday, we've got qualifying for Arkham Menards, qualifying for truck practice, practice for Xfinity and Cup. And then the Truck Series race, which is at starts at 7.30 on Friday night. On Saturday, we've got more practice, qualifying for the Xfinity race. We have the Arkham Menards race, which is at 1.30 on Saturday. And then we have the Xfinity Beef. It's what's for dinner, 300. Love that name. On Saturday, such a good name. One of the best ones of the season. And then lastly, Sunday, we've got our the concert starting at 1.15. I forget who they said that that was going to be. Um, driver intros at 2.15 Eastern, and then it's the 65th running of the Daytona 500 starting at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Dierks Bentley is the pre-race concert. Oh, well, I'm not excited about that at all. Yeah, it's a big name. <laughs> not for not for me, but... Yeah. No, it would be I, funny uh, if they got, like, they might be giants or someone to come. I feel like, you know, it's really funny to me that, like, everyone's so upset about Wiz Khalifa, but then, like, everyone is equally as upset or excited about the, you know, 85th country singer that they get in a row. Um, like, yeah. why don't they choose anything in between? Like, just choose mm-hmm. a normal, like, Imagine Dragons. Just just bring in Imagine Dragons, okay? Like, like, like what I'm if you could pull the Foo Fighters or something? Like, well, Foo Fighters would be insane. That would just would be killer. Be re- I would go to the race just to see the Foo Fighters. I, that's that's an easy one. But yeah, I'm not an Imagine Dragons fan, but it's like it's not rap or country. It's somewhere in between. They can and appeal like to most, just about everybody. Yeah, most people can get down with that. So yeah, come on. Bring in Lil Nas X and just destroy the NASCAR community. How about have Lil Nas X and Sam Smith do a satanic ritual together? Ugh, what a treat that would be. <laughs> like I can dream. Um, all right, uh, what do we got laps for the stages-wise, BG? Daytona 500, laps per stage 65, number 1, 130. Stage 2, 200. Stage 3, total of 390 to bring it to the 500 miles. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> miles per stage. What are, what are the laps? 65, 130, 200, right? Okay. Uh, those... Each lap is two and a half miles. They do 200 total. Yes, 200 total. So they oh. in the first stage at 65, in the second stage at 130. Yeah, there we go. That would be final stage sweet 70. To do like the Daytona 1250, I would really be. We'll tighten that up for next uh, next episode. <laughs> That's okay. It's the first time we've gotten you in there. First time jitters. All right, uh, picks for winners. Um, I do want to return to doing the heart and and smart and heart picks i think that was one of my favorite things that we were doing and then we got away from it now that we have three it won't just be me dragging new guy every single time um or maybe maybe it won't be maybe i'll get to just drag two of you um so i'm gonna give you all some some benefits here and say that some picks for winners i mean daytona's pretty open denny and blaney are really good picks but maybe i'm just saying that so y'all can go first and i can pick who i want to pick so um let's do some smart and heart picks Oh boy, I gotta pick up. Uh, you don't for the smart pick, um, or sorry, for the heart pick. Sorry, there's no points yet, so don't worry about trying to pick outside the top ten. You can pick anyone, so just do two picks. Mm. Okay, um, be uh, baby G. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll take Mr. Handgun Kyle Busch as my smart pick. Whoa. Ooh. Okay, I'll take 
uh, my boy Ryan Blaney. You know I gotta as my smart pick. Nice. All right. Well, if you're all gonna leave Hamlin open, then Hamlin is my pick for my smart pick. Hold up. Hold up. We got 18 down for Kyle Busch. He's the eight. Oh my goodness. Oh that's gonna, my that's goodness. gonna take. That's gonna take some years. To I was to watching the clash. Yeah, I don't want to derail us. Here, quick sidebar. I'm just like, man, seeing Kyle Busch in the eight. That's just not doing it for me. That feels wrong. <laughs> I feel. Yeah. I feel sick. I had to turn on Cheddar's. It was a. It's a terrible off season. Uh, Baby G, what's your second pick? Your smart. Your heart pick. Um, I'm gonna jump on Bubba here, man. Ooh, I like that one. I like that. Uh, one. my heart pick for the Daytona 500 is Travis Pastrana. Dang! All right, I actually forget what number he's driving. It's 67. Yeah, I'll put him down. Is it? It's 67. Okay, so it's like two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> it's the 2311 cars. That's good. Yep. All right. Um, and then I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with Byron for my second pick. I kind of regret not going Jimmy Johnson. Too late to change I'll now. I'll let you change it if no, you want. No, too late to change. Jim Jam? Bubba, man, he's so good on the super speedways, but he always just seems to find trouble. Ooh. I mean, boy, oh boy. Bubba is a quality heart pick. I mean, he knows I, how I think to get he up is. there. Yeah, I mean, he's he finished second. What, he finished second or third last year? I forget. Second, I think. Um, and yeah, he's, he's constantly at the front. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it, it just takes one race for everything to go right, right. For that to be the perfect pick. But the way we do these smart and hearts picks for, for everyone that hasn't tuned in before is we'll always pick two drivers. Um, the smart pick can be anyone. Um, the heart pick has to be someone outside of, do we want to do the top 10 in points? Is that what we normally do? Uh, yeah. Okay, so top 10 in points, um, which obviously gets harder as the season goes on because your, your best picks are inside the top 10. And then uh, what we do is just average out their finishing position, and whoever's got the lowest finishing position wins. Um, so that's what we're going to do for now. Catch us maybe for a midweek episode between now and Daytona for some all, also some other great uh, end-of-season picks. But that brings us right now to Rapid Fire. <laughs> I'll never have to pause for the sound effect. I put it in and I move your audio beyond it. But you always I'm just pause. making it easier for okay. you. A clean a clean break. Nice so you clean don't have break. To like yeah, just don't talk over that, it you know? and then we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking stop me. Go ahead and um, go, new guy. What you got? Okay. Let's start off. Start starting silly from that laugh. Uh recast these characters from the office with nascar drivers <laughs> who would play michael <laughs> am i looking for someone that looks like him or that needs to act like him you can do smart and hard picks just oh, Jesus uh, take your test take your pick this is a really this is my bad one <laughs> uh michael waltrip Ooh, okay that's good i would pick daryl waltrip mm, also good I, I honestly don't even know, man. You stumped me. I'm going to have to take yeah. a flyer in this one. Uh, that is a tough one. Okay, who would play Jim? Blaney. Corey with Joy. Uh, I'm going to say, was Eric Almirola, who was the guy that we saw uh, like with his sta- uh, foot up on a cooler behind Jamie the McMurray. Yeah. Okay, Jamie Mack. For some reason, I'd pick him. Okay. Uh, and then Dwight. I'm going to say Austin Dillon. Austin Denny Dillon. Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, I was Austin Dillon. Okay, and then to finish off my really stupid question, Pam. Hmm. Baby Gibbs. Ooh, Little bitch. That's good. <laughs> that's yeah, good. That was a good one. I'm going to say Corey LaJoy because Pam has – curly hair he's on got that head. flow Corey gone joy has curly hair on his beard i'm gonna go with noah gregson excellent i'm glad that none of us picked the easy choice of danica patrick all right uh-huh. someone else free us from this terrible question go i'm gonna jump you. in with my silly one first what is your favorite snack to bring to a nascar track what are you mm-hmm. munching on in the stands snack snack specifically um bucket of chicken <laughs> yeah well you know honestly if i'm going like anything that we eat there i would uh, a pub witch 
A pub witch, yeah. The pub witch Easily. is the, the most solid answer, yeah, for sure. But it's I think so consistently. Good. If I don't consider like a meal, like I don't consider what I'm gonna eat, eat there, and I'm saying just snack, it's combos. Like it just feels right to mm. me. It's just what I associate with NASCAR, and it is an official sponsor of NASCAR, I believe. True. I like Cheez Its. Mm, it's always good. good. It's yeah. always a good choice. What's your What's your favorite Cheez It? <sighs> That's my silly question. Um, I like Cheez It Grooves. I would say mm. that if I were indulging in one, the white cheddar Cheez It Grooves. There's something really nice about the crunch to it, and the artificial or just like extreme flavoring in the cheese is really there's something bad about it that's really good. Yeah, those white cheddar ones are like crack. Like they they I do know, something crazy to them. It's really dangerous. You I ever, used to uh, pound a whole box in one night. Oh yeah, but mix those with some of those like Tabasco ones that they make. It's really good. Ooh, yeah. Mama mia. What's your Baby favorite G, snack? What's your choice? Tell me. I'm a peel and eat peanuts guy. Anything that mm. can kind of keep Ooh. your hands busy and you know that way you're not. Yeah constantly just sipping out of your beer ski you got to be doing a little beer ski a little little peanut ski there's always a balance of the saltiness and you know staying hydrated by drinking beer that dehydrates you so kind of a catch-22 there but i'm a yeah i'm a peanuts <laughs> yeah, guy i compounding <laughs> i have a co-worker that uh we like we had a co-worker meet up and uh he brought some boiled peanuts and that was the first time that i had had some boiled peanuts and god damn those were unbelievable uh, so I, any peanut answer I think is fantastic. Yeah, agreed, agreed. People, give me a question. All right, um, my question. I didn't really have like a silly one or anything. It's just That's who, okay. and and I guess this could have went into our prediction stuff. But who's going to be rookie of the year? Um, oh Todd Gilliland would rookies? have been considered in this, I think. Um, but it'll be either Ty Gibbs or Noah Gragson. I mean, there might be other rookies too, but like really, it's between those two. I think Gregson's going to have a pretty good season. He was very consistent um, in Xfinity. I I think the way he races is going to translate well. And I think Ty Gibbs has a lot of – he's got a lot of support behind him. He's going to have a fast car all season, but he's just so erratic that I don't know if he's going to be consistent enough to make enough top 10s, top 15s. He, I don't know if he's going to win a race or not. He just seems like he's so immature that I don't know if he's going to be consistent enough to win that rookie of the year. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very good call. I think that he's going to have so much more variance. I do think he's going to win a race this year, but I also think that there is even more of a chance that he is going to make some enemies uh, that are going to make it hard for him to finish well consistently, even outside of uh, his messiness. So I would say Gregson as well. I could see that. I like. I think this would have been a really easy Ty Gibbs answer, and I think my answer is still Ty Gibbs. But because Jimmy Johnson joined that ownership group, because Eric Jones won last year at Bristol, that team, that Legacy Motor Club, looks like they are poised to be, potentially win one or multiple races. Joe Gibbs will probably win multiple races. It would be weird if they didn't. Um, but I, I, I see where this is a much tougher answer, and I totally see Gregson ending, ending up being more consistent caring more about wrecking his vehicles and and really trying not to and therefore finishing better the the other thing to call out here and maybe this is just another side question is like will both of them get wins both of those teams had wins last year um like will both of them get wins both of the rookie of the year competitors last year had wins briscoe and uh uh, um dylan cindric i think they both will yeah yeah, I could, I could see, see it. I mean, Gregson has the talent if he can keep his like breathing under control. I know he had those issues in the past with his breathing and kind of like <laughs> passing know. out when things were getting like heated at I the end of it. races. I think if hopefully he did some work on that in the off season to kind of tighten some of that up just with his mental headspace and and keeping his breathing right. I think he's got a a great chance to win a race. Yeah, that's got to be interesting too because like Jimmy Johnson was like a big bicyclist, um, and now Gregson who like. I, I don't think really does a whole lot in terms of like personal fitness. Yeah, he's got to get his cardio vehicle. up. Like, yeah, I think Johnson's going to probably change his mind on that. So, cool. Uh, he's got to have us. like he's got to get like a CPAP inside that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hit us with another question, you guy. Okay, uh, who would you recommend new fans root for while they're trying to find their favorite driver? If you had mm. some 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 new people you're showing, who would you say 
This guy right here. You don't know who to cheer for? Watch this guy. Uh, there's that's kind of a tough one because it's like, do you want new fans to just be like jumping on a winner? So like someone like a Larson, Logano, someone that's going to win a lot of races, or do you just want someone who's exciting? Like I mean, we're kind of hey, Blaney babes know, because Blaney you tell me, big dog. drives that's aggressive he and he's yeah. he's fun to watch. He's got a good personality, so I think maybe just watch a race or two and find a car that you like or a number that you like and follow them and that's the biggest way to get into it right is just pick pick someone it doesn't matter who it is that way you have a rooting interest like that, that would yeah that would i don't have a guy but new guys a blaney babe and no but guys the question was <laughs> who would you recommend while they're getting to that point i know that's the i know that's the they're answer. all gonna end up that's with that's not blaney. the question yeah i got i know i have an answer my answer is ross Chastain <laughs> because they're gonna get two Ooh, things out of really it really good one that's he's really yeah. aggressive and he might get some wins and two, they're going to be defending him in racing incidents a lot. And they're going to mm. see just what this NASCAR community is all about and just how uh, everyone is a critic, right? So that's going to be I really one. like that answer. Mine was uh, Bubba in part just because he is just – he gets – he gets so hot. He gets so angry. Under the collar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's some action going on there. You know, he's a big underdog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of telling them to start off rooting for an underdog and uh, see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, cool. Baby G, what you got? Who do you guys got for the breakout driver of the season this year? Uh, define breakout driver. Finish Guy, the best points, win the most races. No, just maybe someone who in the past has been close but hasn't gotten over the hump. Someone that has maybe missed, you know, the final four, of the playoffs that you thought would have been in. Um, anything along those lines. Hmm. That. Hmm. That's tough. That is tough. Um, I'm gonna say Daniel Suarez. I think that uh, if I'm going to have to choose someone. To really start doing some spicy stuff, I think I hope last year's win and uh, his team continuing to get better and better is going to propel him to uh, heights he's never seen before. I think if I'm choosing a breakout just from this season, like just who's going to improve the most, basically, my answer is AJ Allmendinger because he didn't run a full season last year Ooh. and because I think he's going to win potentially multiple races this year at mostly road courses probably. But he's also really good at uh, uh, super speedway. So like, he might've been a good pick for Daytona by the way. Um, but yeah, I think I would go, I would think I would go with him. Um, but uh, Bubba, otherwise, if I'm picking someone that's like been close, Bubba not making the playoffs two seasons in a row, he's definitely making the playoffs this year in my opinion. Um, yeah, I I don't has. see any way that Bubba doesn't get in the playoffs this year. Yeah, a little bit, I think, a little bit more consistency than in the past, and he's there. I think he has multiple wins this year as well, which is going to be it's going to be big. Who you got, baby oh, G? Yeah. yeah, you guys took mine, Bubba. Oh, okay. I, I just I just think he's he's going to kind of break through, and it would be fantastic fantastic to see him have a good season because I think that's someone that NASCAR could really push as a star and and really get people excited about um, someone new kind of breaking through that top 12 getting in the playoffs hopefully eight four so gotcha. that's my guy cool all right uh final question is for next year we are going to lose auto club because they're going to be fixing the speedway or changing the speedway to a short track um which means no race in california this is a two-part question one is should they just make the clash um or the race at the coliseum a points race or and or two where should the extra race go if not there I'm a definite no on making the Clash a points race. I just don't see any reason to have a... I don't want to call it a gimmick, but a, a unique slash... It's good as a season opener to get people kind of hyped up for it. They can promote it you know, on their Super Bowl commercials right after you talk about the Clash, but for me, that's a no. Um, I'm making it a points race. This is... I... I I think with this new package, new car, I would love for them to get back to Road America. I don't think that's going to happen with having the Chicago Street Race Ooh, locked in for three shit. years. But it's unfortunate all the work that they're oh. doing to fix this car and the road courses right when they leave Road America. Man, I would love for them to go back to Road America. Uh, 
you know, failing that, I was just thinking that it could be interesting to see how these cars would do at a Chicago Land Speedway, which has historically been a pretty boring track. But, I mean, these cars have been great. Well, those mile and a half were really good last year, too. So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's that's a really good call out. Um, I I agree. I don't think it should be a points race. And so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I think where they should go is Road Atlanta. Um, Road Atlanta has a lot of history. Um, partially, I'm pushing for an Atlanta thing here. But, like, even if they had to remove one of the Atlanta Motor Speedway races to go to Road Atlanta, I want them to do that. Um, other than that, um, I'd like for them to, like, go to Iowa or Lucas Oil Speedway or something like that, which are just, just good racetracks um, that we NASCAR Cup Series hasn't been at in a long time, but can definitely support a, uh, a NASCAR Cup Series crowd. That's that's my answer. So, Good answers. Good answers all the way around. Love it. Look at us. Well, that Love brings it. us to the end of Rapid Fire. <laughs> and that brings us to New Guy Reads the standings, except for the only thing they announced is that Bubba's leading points and nobody else, uh, everyone else has tied with him. Uh, yeah, we did it, everyone. Bubba is leading points and everyone else has tied with him. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that brings us to the end of our episode, right? New guy? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Do you want to take us so. out or you want to just dilly sure, dally yeah. around over here? Uh, well, it's first off pronounced dilly billy and uh, <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> Yeah. Scrub that. Not yeah. If it's COVID, Never it's Paxlovid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big thanks to COVID. Big thanks to Paxlovid. Uh, hey, big thanks to both of you, uh, Baby G and Baboy. A true pleasure. And uh, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. See you.